Marketing 99% Podcast with your host, Andy Cove, sharing excellent marketing. Subscribe now. Hi, Andy Cove here. In this episode of Marketing 99%, I speak to Laura Hogan, founder of the Jellybean Agency based here in beautiful Birmingham. Uh, The main subject of the episode is free PR. Uh, So we cover tactics, measurement, uh, SEO, and where you should be spending your time. There's some really good takeaways in this episode. So you'll be able to implement a lot of stuff in your business after this. Uh, So without further ado, here's Laura and myself talking. I hope you enjoy it. So uh, on the Marketing 99% podcast, and uh, yeah, um, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Laura, and I own an agency called Jellybean in Birmingham. Um, I've been in SEO for nearly 10 years, um, so you can probably start to guess my age from that one. Um, And we are actually a fully remote agency, um, which is something that I think a lot more people are kind of coming into the idea of, of doing now with their agencies um yeah well is uh a motion team in the uk or is it all around the world or all in the uk and weirdly we're all in the west midlands which oh, is really? just seen by <laughs> fluke yeah yeah and it's we're 75 percent female as well at the moment which again has just been by fluke but uh <laughs> when i knew that it came to the time that we wanted to hire some people in um Becca I'd worked with before and we'd known each other for years um weirdly I we'd interviewed at an old job like I'd interviewed mm. her at an old job I was in um and we kept in contact ever since so that was how that came to happen and then Amy um we met together um a few months ago and I was looking for somebody and she was just the perfect fit from an SEO point of view um and then Chris I've known for I've known for a while and we've worked together before um, so here's our resident male. And so I ask all questions, uh, all guests, if you'd host TED Talk on any marketing subject or matter right now, what would it be titled and what's your key message? And yours was um, PR and how it doesn't have to cost a fortune. Um, so let's start with that. What? How would you introduce this to a new client um, or a new business or anybody working with you? I think there's a lot of fear with PR. And I think people still view PR as being purely traditional PR. And traditional PR is brilliant. And we actually do a chunk of traditional PR um, in, in the work that we do. But we combine it with online PR. And that's where you can start building some really, really interesting campaigns. And the cost of them is next to nothing. Actually, in some instances, it's literally the management fee you're paying to the agency. Is, mm-hmm. is the only fee that's involved in it. And from doing the online PR, you're not only getting coverage and brand awareness, you're earning links, yeah. which can help your SEO and build that, yeah. you know, increase rankings, build traffic from an organic standpoint. You can track the traffic through referral in your Google Analytics for any of the coverage that you get. And it can also impact your social channels. You can use the audience you're driving in from PR as retargeting channels on PVC too. So it's it's 
it's a facet that I think has long before just been seen as I'll send a press release to a newspaper and get a little bit a a few inches in a column it's so much bigger than that now and it feeds into every marketing channel Mm. that you're using definitely Um, and I think from from what I've seen with with PR in the past that that when when you're kind of SEO an SEO guy or, or woman that you, you kind of work together but they don't get your bit and you kind of don't get their bit and that's what I think is interesting about your agency and probably why we've worked together in the past um so do you think it's essential now that all kind of um PR people know SEO and and they mix that all together yeah I I think there's still silos to some extent you know pe- SEO can often be very numbers driven. It's quite mathematical brain, mm. particularly when you start looking down the technic the technical route of SEO and the optimization. Whereas PR still very much needs that creative relationships brain. I I, I don't think yeah. there's that many people that do both successfully um, because it is two different traits. And it's two different hats that you have to wear. But definitely the teams more and more now are knowing. They're working together a lot closer. And, you know, the the, SE, the PR guys, the SEOs are working together to go, okay, what are we trying to improve? So, you know, it could be, we want to improve laptops. Okay, let's do a PR campaign around laptops because we know then we can impact the laptops ranking, which is going to help the SEO side. And the SEO side is then tracking the traffic from it, possibly even doing the link reclaims for any coverage that didn't get the links in as well so so much more synergy um and i love it when you meet somebody that does the two together because just that mindset flick that they have to have is is amazing yeah 100 percent um so let's talk some tactics what uh, i've seen some talks you've been in before so i think it'd be good for everyone to hear some of your favorite tactics that you kind of employ so from from a free perspective because I don't like spending money who does yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's there's loads of little ones that you can do that can get you some quick fire and without costing a penny links so if you use twitter monitor the hashtag journal request Mm. Uh, every day you'll see journalists and also prs and even bloggers will be putting on requests for things that they're looking for it's usually an industry comment or an industry quote on a topic um, if you do have budget, there are tools like Response Source that will email all this to your inbox and it will ha- it, it has a lot more requests than just looking on the hashtag. But quite often you find that journalists will put it on Response Source and on the hashtag so you can get both from it. Yeah. Um, we've got coverage in like the Telegraph, Independent, HuffPost, just from answering journal requests for people. Um, the only thing I would say is downside on it is that you do need to be quick. You know, you have to have that speed, that speed of response. You can't be answering them three days later. It's got to be in the first couple of hours to get that coverage. Um, there's also just searching for your own brand name. There's probably been cases where you've received coverage and you don't realize in the past. If you find that coverage where somebody's mentioned you and hasn't linked back or credit, you can ask them for the credit in return. Same if people have used your imagery or your logo anywhere and haven't credited you for it. There's some really quick fire ways to get it. Um, from a wider scale campaign, you know, PR campaigns can be applied to the smallest of businesses. Yeah. You don't have to be a, a, a big PRC or anybody to do one. Like we run PR for ourselves as well as, as our own business. Yeah. And um, 
a campaign we started months ago, we actually got coverage for because of COVID. Um, and it was a campaign we'd run about how people are using their phones on the toilet, which is quite an obscure one. But we ran a survey to get this data. And for full disclosure, the cost of that survey was about £550. Yeah. Um, so we ran the survey. We had a thousand respondents in the UK answer the questions that we'd picked out. So we wanted to know, you know, how many people use their phone when they're on the low? What are you doing with it? Like, are you on Tinder? <laughs> are you taking selfies? Are you answering text messages? And we got that data split by gender, by location, even by device people were using. So wow. we could say that um, Apple iPhone owners are much more likely to drop their phone in the loo than Android users. So you have <laughs> multiple SKUs coming from this 500-pound yeah, piece yeah. of data. So this data that we'd ran, we actually found that um, the Metro initially were looking for some quotes about um, the, dangers, the dangers that bathrooms had to coronavirus and how, mm. you know, dirt in bathrooms. So we just went, we've actually got a stat here that says over half of us use our phones on the loo that wow. could support your article and they used it and then it got syndicated into the star the mirror and loads of local press so it was you know the 500 pound um survey that we paid yeah. for ended up getting us like 30 odd links and That's if you d- great roi isn't it really <laughs> exactly you do the yeah. maths on a cost per link from that and the value of what you've got and the quality of those links massively outweighs that 500 pound cost and on average, most surveys are probably between 400 to 800, depending on number of questions you ask and number of respondents. That's what we averagely pay. So, you know, we're talking data that you can get for less than four figures that can be used over and over again. And you can probably get four or five different releases from it. Yeah. Um, so that's where the cost can really come down on it. Um, but another method that we I like to use, which is much longer, time period is you can send a freedom of information request to mm. local council departments you can talk to universities you can talk to um, police nhs libraries museums whatever department in the local council you want as well and you can ask them for a really specific piece of information that you want and they have 28 working days i believe it is to get back to you some of them get back much before then um but that way, if you ask every local council in the country or the specific ones you want the data from, you can create your own map of specific pieces mm. of information. You know, it could be the number of missions to care homes in each council. It could be the number of cycle paths that have been built by each yeah. council in the last few years. But that data is yours then, and you can use that to create a release from it. And it hasn't cost you anything for the data. It's just your time in collating it. And yeah. then can whatever asset you want that comes from it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just, I think people can often get blindsided that PR is a big stunt or, mm. you know, a big publicity stunt that's going to cost thousands and thousands of pounds. And it really doesn't need to be journalists like things that are clickbaiting. Yeah. They want things that are going to increase readership and keep people increase their time on site because that's one of their KPIs. So if you do have video or any asset that they can embed on the yeah, site gonna, really well. I was going to ask about assets. So 
you you can get some amazing data from these tactics and so once you've got the data um at your agency do you also kind of provide start bringing in other channels like brand and uh, design to start like visualizing these and making them look beautiful and kind of making representations of that data or is i'm guessing sometimes the data is just good enough in its own kind of on its own um yeah. but do you, do you provide that together as well yeah definitely and you're right it depends what the data is sometimes the statistics you've got is all you need and mm. you can just put that in a really nice email to the right journalist which is probably the most important thing hitting the correct journalist for the yeah. publication you know not don't send it to a news desk to try and find the person um but other times you do want you know if you a quiz for instance you'll want to build an embeddable quiz for some kinds of information mm, yeah. you're or you might want to do an interactive map um there's quite a few tools online that you can pay for um from a design point of view you know a lot of people use canva for, yeah. for a lot of their design work and it just it's quick and easy but produces really high quality stuff yeah. um you know maps there's a few tools and visualization tools you can find online that will help you to just pull something together um but if you're doing like a campaign about the most liked on instagram so I've seen ones where it's been like, you know, these are the most liked bathrooms in the world from Instagram. Your data is the ins the number of likes on Instagram and your assets, the Instagram post. So that's all you need for it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and I think you mentioned one of the, the kind of measurements in there is, is in backlinks. But um, I think the kind of age old uh, PR thing is we can't measure. Um, but what what are the ways of measurement are you, are you kind of employing at the moment? We look, we use Google Analytics data first and foremost. Um, yeah. We'll look at the referral traffic from any of the places that have covered our piece. Mm. We'll also look at direct and organic traffic too, because if you've got coverage on a lot of nationals, your brand awareness is increasing, yeah. so that could impact direct. And then from an organic standpoint, you know if you've increased rankings to a particular area on the site you can then narrow down and go okay you know the laptop's landing page for instance how has organic increased to that yeah we know we've had an impact in that um backlinks is also it's 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 a measurement that a lot of clients ask for yeah. as well that you know they want they want to see what links have been gained from it um you can also look at social mentions and how sentiment on socials increased or changed from the coverage that you've received um, but the most important thing is revenue. Mm. What, what have you driven from it? Can it mapping back how many house sales have increased, or if it's yeah, a yeah. specific product you're using for for the PR campaign? Has it sold out? Yeah, <laughs> I think you give an example yeah. before of um, <laughs> one you did with a ring, where you said this is the replica ring. I thought yeah. that story. Um, did, did that ring sell out straight away? Did it or? Well, weirdly, it was a ring that they um, they they make their rings to order anyway. That the jewelers mm. did, so they had a lot of trilogy rings, and it was just that we put a product page up that looked exactly like Meghan Markle's mm. ring, so that you you could you could make it you could make it to order then and have the the princess ring or whatever you whatever you wanted to call it. Um, but that doing a product is a really cool quick win if mm. you can. You know if if you are working with a client or you're a brand that has the ability to have the product in house, 
then it it makes it it's a lot easier to then build a page and have 50 available or something so one that is really good that was has been done recently is um rose at seven did the tinner for game where it was i think it was like the christmas dinner in a tent for gamers and they did a vegan version of it as well um and they actually made the product and you and they had so many available in each store that could be bought and it did sell out so like there's some really cool ways you can do with it and that's obviously a much bigger campaign um from from a cost perspective but there's loads of really cool things you can do like we're we've been talking with um brands about you know putting together collections of boxes of products that mm. might keep people entertained while they're on lockdown and things like that so it's already stuck that they have it's just re- repurposing it in a new way awesome um so answer some quick fire questions um sent over a few of these beforehand um so what what brands are inspiring you right now and um what are they doing right from a pr standpoint i always think ikea are fantastic mm. at jumping on things really quickly and doing some really fun campaigns. I also think Netflix are, yeah. are one of the best. Like they always bring social into it really well. Mm. Um, but for a, I think from an industry point of view, I Rose at Seven are one of the best for PR and seeing the stunts that they're doing. Oh, um, check them out. They're, they're such cool. And they're lovely guys as well. Like um, yeah. Carrie and Steer are awesome. And then there's other brands like um, Debbie H are really good from a PR perspective. Aria are really good. And what's wonderful is that there's, there's a really nice community on Twitter where yeah. people in the industry do share the campaigns they've been running, which have worked and also which haven't. So mm. it, it, everybody kind of supports it and works together on it, which is nice. Awesome. Um, what tools and software um, should every marketer be using their, in, in this field particularly? You need a good um, media media contact list tool. So we personally use Gokana, mm. um, but I know there's others there's others out there. And we also use Buzzstream for the actual outreach of it. So Gokana's fab for pulling together, finding the right journalist that mm. we want to contact. And then Buzzstream, you can set up really nice, um, almost like email cycles within it for your outreach you can see all your open rates your response rates you can a b test your subject lines as well so it's just it's a slightly more evolved way than just sending it via your gmail or whatever that that is hard (laughs) (laughs) i've done done the old uh sending out you know 50 to 60 emails of outreach um and having no responses which is quite a lot of kind of time versus return yeah Uh, it's it's really depressing (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, but with with Buzzstream, you can ju- you can have it all set up so that you've almost got your you know put the first name in this field. So instead of having to copy and paste the email sixty times, you're doing it once, and then you can fly it out um, to multiples. But if if you don't have budget, I definitely recommend just using Twitter a lot for it too, because mm-hmm. I follow a lot of journalists on Twitter. And they quite often put their emails out. You know, a lot of them have them in their bio, or if not, when they're asking for quotes or PR or any kind of comment from somebody, they're giving their email address. So I've just got a just a really basic Google Doc that I've just listed off all different email addresses that we've picked up from Twitter, so yeah. that we know, you know, so and so writes for entertainment at the Metro. 
and we can and we know that's up to date and we can just hit that person when we need so definitely it can be quite manual at times um but it's it's a really important part make sure you hit the right person great um where would you point kind of marketers obviously uh, your website is full of resources and things like that uh, but is there any books podcasts courses uh, blogs that people should be kind of hanging around to learn more about pr and seo and things like that yeah um paddy morgan's just put his link building book online um for free now as a pdf and that was one of the first books i read when i started doing outreach and the information there's just massively invaluable um so we definitely yes. recommend people look at that one um, uh, what's the moogan was it yeah okay i'll check that one out um it's just called the, the link building book um there's also there's a really there's lots of really nice twitter channels and newsletters in pr and seo um so elida has her monday newsletter and i think it's called seo fomo i think it's called i'll just check um and that comes out every week and she kind of just collates all the all the really cool news in seo that's going yeah it's called seo fomo um and, that, and that's her newsletter there's also like digital pr examples is a really good twitter account that will just retweet anything that's awesome in pr that pe that people are sharing um i think what else yeah there's a few there there's a few there um course wise i think blue array have just put all their courses for free online for seo if i remember rightly um but there's there's loads of really cool SEO courses online now that people are running. Um, the colouring yeah, department. There just seems to be a lot of content coming out right now. Uh, yeah. During lockdown, because obviously people are consuming it, I suppose. Um, Classes amounts. Um, the colouring in department have a really good Google Analytics one, as well. That's probably one of the best analytics ones I've seen. And yeah. um, Jill's done quite a few talks about um, analytics too. But I think just look at SlideShare and look at the look at the slides people have done from previous events is a good point because then you'll end up finding speakers that you really like what they're doing and you can yeah. start kind of cyber stalking them around <laughs> to see yeah. what else they've done um but yeah so you've got brighton seo the, there's tons of slide decks from that um search leads search love um, smx there's also they're probably the main um seo events that i'll have the decks for online uh, yeah just have a look around fantastic um where should kind of marketers be spending 80 percent of their time to get the most results in this field i think the time should be spent in finding the right contacts okay yeah making sure you're hitting the right people because if you if you can get your pace on one of the kind of top tier nationals often it will snowball yeah. So finding the right person to hit at that top tier, it, it's it's going to yield so much more results than hitting two hundred people sometimes. Yeah. Um, so definitely think it's worth putting the time in, and yeah, finding them. Like we've even before, <laughs> I've cyberstalked journalists that we wanted to get coverage from. I've sent them jelly beans with like personalised letters in there as well. You know, I found out that 
well, it's very easy to find out on social. But, you know, so-and-so had a dog. So mm. I sent some dog treats as well and things. So it's just, it's building that relationship so that you're not just a yeah. name on an email to them. They know that, oh, yeah, that's Laura. She works with so-and-so. Cool, we'll cover that. Yeah. And do, do you call them personally sometimes if, if you can find a number, yeah? Yeah, it's a little bit harder at the moment uh, because I'm using an office. people's details and it's same with like sending things to people you know we haven't been able to do that at the moment because Mm. people are at home um but bringing people up helps and I usually will be like we've got this information I'm going to ping it over to you now and try and send it to them while I'm on the phone to them so that it's almost hits the top of the email you can talk it through I found that that works a little bit better with the regional papers because they do tend to be um contracted in office together than a lot of the nationals or purely online because they tend to be more um, contract and freelancers so they're not yeah. always sitting in sitting in an office together great um and a fun question um if you can have an ad anywhere in the world with any message on where would it be and what would it say ah uh, probably a little bit soppy um but i love dogs and i love animals and I think it would be awesome to have ads by around places that shelters are that are almost like profile dating profiles for the dogs that are up for adoption that people can then say, you know, come come and come and adopt Billy. This is beautiful staffing, and that could help to increase um, increase the adoption rate. Like I've done, I've donated loads of stuff to Birmingham Dogs Home before, so it'd be awesome to see more of their pups getting adapted into nice little homes. Awesome. And a little shout out to Fetch a Dog, which is a charity I've worked with before. Um, they rehome dogs in Bosnia. So that's a nice little charity I've worked with. Um, and the final question, uh, what will make you excellent in a single sentence in PR? I think just being a little bit wacky. Mm. Um, and not being afraid to throw an idea out to somebody that isn't like directly on brand and is a little bit mm. outside of the norm to them because those are the things that are more likely to get to get picked up it needs to have emotion it needs to resonate with people it it can't always just be about you know what that brand's selling or what they're doing so i think just having that little bit of an outside outside the box ideas like i literally have a whiteboard in my office and when I think of something I just jot it down it might not apply to anybody we're working with at the moment but it's like a bank of ideas that we've got there for wacky ideas list (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm looking at it now and I'm like yeah there's some some, uh, strange ones on there at the moment I've just got tiger king in big letters (laughs) (laughs) very relevant right now yeah Yeah, anything tiger king will do really well um so that's what I've just got written on there (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thanks uh, very much, Laura. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more and where should people head to if they want to um, kind of your expertise? Um, I'm on Twitter at LauraLouise90 and then um, our website is just jellybeanagency.co.uk. Um, we're again a new site shortly, uh, so look out for that. I'll let everybody know when, that, when that's right there. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much, Laura. Um, Thank you so much. Cheers.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Marketing 99% podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please tag us on LinkedIn. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Please subscribe to the podcast for all the latest episodes. Thank you.